tell me more about how his eyes look, Simon. It's almost <laughs> as if Simon enjoys being chastised by Baz or something. Like, is this how you describe your enemies? It's really not. Hot. Yeah, like, basically. <laughs> I feel like I just want to be, like, quote-unquote enemies for every time we bring up Baz. You want to get sexy? Yeah, let's get to the sexy stuff. Hello, and welcome to Escape from Reality, a podcast where two queer IRL witches talk about any way the wind blows by Rainbow Rowell. I am Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Jesse Blount. And today we are talking about Chapter 19. And if you're wondering if you heard that right, we are in fact skipping three chapters. We are, because I'm sad. Yep, and those... <laughs> I feel like Lark is sad is, like, the reason for most of the, like, weird random shit that we do on, uh, not this podcast specifically, so here at Hashtag Ruthless. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, again, like, what is the point of working for yourself if you can't be like, I'm sad, I don't feel like doing this thing? Exactly. Yep. I feel great about this decision. Yeah. All right, so quick recap of the chapters that we skipped. Baz goes home to his shared flat with Fiona, who is now a vampire hunter, LOL. And we get some intel about Baz's stepmom because Fiona suggests that uh, maybe she's joined a chosen one cult because those are a thing now that Simon can't actively do magic right now. Simon stops by Baz's flat to like get back together. And our boys have a very heavy conversation where they do, in fact... Get back together. Then they try to have sex, but sweet, sweet Simon cannot because issues, which Baz is okay with because they are actually talking about said issues. Which brings us to chapter 19, where Simon has stopped crying, but is still feeling a lot of self-hate and is over his like emotional overwhelm with uh, trying to bone his hot boyfriend. Thankfully, Simon does not leave like he would have done in the past year, and they talk it through, and Baz reassures him that it's totally fine, especially because Baz thinks the bigger issue is that he's still grr and really needs to drink some blood, literally right now. Simon invites himself along, because, like, why not? And Baz literally can't deny him anything, the sap. Um, so they stop at the Vegetarian Vampire Cafe, a.k.a. the Alley, next to Baz's place for rat catching. They talk about if this is a date. It is. Simon still unidentified sexuality, not straight, and that Baz could drink a bit of Simon because uh, Simon has some kinks, which Baz is horrified by, unfortunately. <laughs> anyway, it turns out that Simon's experience with that comp hat sex with Agatha is one thing, and intimacy with his longtime obsession Baz is another thing. So it's kind of heavy date discussion, but one that's a long time coming, so I guess it needs to happen. And at least I still want to make out, just after Baz cleans himself of the rat blood. Heck yeah. Uh, before we get into it, don't forget to get your tickets to our live recording of our episode about Rocky Horror. It's on October 19th on Zoom. It's going to be super fun, and the link is in the show notes. Also, we extended our sticker club promo through the end of September, so if you join by the end of this month, you will get this month's sticker plus two stickers from our back catalog. We're going for 40 new subscribers. Woo-hoo. Please join. That's it. Check the show notes for all the things. And now we're going to begin with Easy Come, Easy Go, where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. 
the one joke that I am sad that I couldn't make because we skipped all those chapters, and so I'm going to make it here now instead, is that Baz has low blood pressure. Uh, but <laughs> Uh, for the listener who didn't read them, Baz is like consistently about to pass out because he has neither eaten real food nor had any blood in way too long. So yes, I just I just had to. Anyway. My first thing is that I just want us to like pause on Baz's look while he's like hunting for rats, everyone. So he's wearing probably expensive shoes. Probably expensive jeans. Let's go for a, like, very gay pastel button-up. And then fucking tan leather gloves and, like, a sharp knife to, like, slit the rat's throat. I'm just like, this is... I, like, don't know how to handle this mental image so much, but I love it. I I just, like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. It's somehow, like, a posher vampire look than you know, interview with a vampire full, like, velvet dandy, you know? Yeah. It's the gloves. It truly, like, the the (laughs) gloves. I'm like... (laughs) I guess I not have much experience cleaning blood off of leather, but I'm like, tan? Like, you could have gone for, like, I feel like even black. But, like, I think if it were me, I would at least wear, like, rubber gloves instead, because rats in the wild, not necessarily a thing you want to touch with your bare hands. True. Also seems easier to manage a knife, like a small knife and a small critter with rubber gloves than than leather gloves. But it's just the aesthetic. He's, he's it too, is. He's too good to have rubber against his skin. It's like, no, it has to be it has to be leather. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So Simon basically starts this chapter off with almost verbatim. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. yeah he sure does (laughs) i'm like i don't want to say hashtag mood but i'm like oh that's a familiar feeling i know i know Uh, if it like if that song was out at the point that this was happening i feel like simon that would be like simon's just you know he'd be listening to it as much as baz was listening to his like weird semi-emo music in the last few chapters mm mm-hmm um, all right. So this is my only thing is so Simon like catches a rat for Baz and like gives it to him. And Baz is like, what yeah. is going on? <laughs> and I'm like, my my first thought is that I feel like most cultural vampires would be like a dead rat. How nice. That seems like an appropriate gift for a vampire. <laughs> and Baz is like, what are you doing? <sighs> oh, I mean, I think that. The what are you doing, at least to me, felt more like he's he's so used to his vampirism being at best something that's not mentioned and mostly something that is like seen as very, very bad. And so Simon just being like, no, I totally love and accept you and I caught you a rat is like, what the fuck for Baz, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, my last thing here is the line, Baz sighs. I know all of his sighs. This one means Simon Snow is a chronic pain in my neck. And I wrote, no, sir, it does not. 
<laughs> it absolutely that is not what I don't know what this sigh means, but that is not it. Like you have you are incorrect. Yeah. It might be a like my silly dragon boyfriend kind of sigh. I can't remember the context. Now I feel like I have to check to see if I have a guess of what it means. They're just like laying there after like not successfully having sex. That's it's definitely not. I feel like Baz is just like taking a breath. Probably. <laughs> it might not even genuinely be a sigh. That's true. It could be just Simon being hypervigilant about Baz's body language. Which, exactly. Yeah. Welcome to I See a Little Silhouette of a Man, where we talk about character development. Mm, I realize I didn't actually put them separately. I just have like them as a couple in this. That's fine. <laughs> um, I just really love that both of them are building more intimacy by like sharing sort of one like their own sort of major traumas and supporting each other through it. And like trusting one another. And I'm like, because I feel like they feel on par with Simon sort of being overwhelmed with physical intimacy with Baz and Baz feeling self-conscious about do we have to do vampire shit. So I feel like it like weighs very heavily in both of their minds. And the fact that they're like able to support each other here is just, I don't know, really great. Yeah, it really is. I I really like the way that they communicate in this chapter, which I think might be the first time in this entire series that I have been able to say that. Um, and I don't even just mean in the sort of deeper communication that they're having, even just seeing their sort of lower key exchanges. I'm like, oh, yes, you've you have found it. You have found comfortable communication. And it's so nice to see. Yeah, well, I feel like before... They're both a little bit walking on eggshells around each other and afraid of saying like the wrong thing. But I feel like here they're like joking around and they're just like, whatever. And it's like, okay, that is the point. If you can like joke about, I don't know, some of the traumatic things that are happened or have happened. And it's just like, I don't want to say it's not that serious, but it doesn't have to have the same weight of them like talking about it, you know? Totally. Yeah. I, one of the lines that I wrote down is when, Baz says that Simon was trying to kill him when they were in high school. And Simon's like, I never was properly trying to kill you. And Baz is like, have you ever made an effort with me? <laughs> and I was like, that, yes, like 10 out of 10. Yeah, no, that exchange was so perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, they're doing so good here. That's all I got to say. Totally. Simon telling Baz, this is where we are now. I'm a broken down mess and you're a rat drinking monster is so great. It just feels it just feels so good to have him. I don't know, just lay it out and be like, Baz, just I don't, in the last book was or no, the first book when Baz tells Simon that he's a disaster or something. And Simon's like, and you like that? And Baz is like, yeah, because we match. I feel like this is a the updated version of that is like we match we're this is fine we're good we're gonna make this work you know yeah and like i think also sort of working on the kind of oh well you're better than me you know you're better than me and it's like no like you both have your issues and it's fine you know you can right work on them together yeah 
Yeah. Do you want to talk about Simon's sexuality? Yeah. I really like the conversation that they have in this segment or this chapter. That's the word. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I like that they talk about it and that nothing gets updated, but their, I think both of their feelings about the matter get updated despite there being no like definitive words or whatever. Yeah. And I think it helps as I touch upon in my summary that like pretending to be straight with Agatha is much different than like the actual feelings of like love and attraction and obsession that Simon feels for Baz. And I think that that's sort of like, I mean, on top of being a very like recognizable vibe for queer people is just a sort of like, yeah, it's like, it's different. It's different with you than it was with Agatha. It's just kind of like, this is why I thought everyone did. So I did it. And it wasn't, it didn't mean what I thought it meant, you know? Yeah. It made me wonder if part of Simon not really knowing whether or not he had genuine feelings for Agatha was tied to Agatha being aromantic. And so that vibe just never existing in their relationship. So like, how can he necessarily know if he's like bi or not if his experience with because Simon is definitely romantic like he is a deeply romantic person so if he's basically like well this is what dating a girl feels like and judging all of that off of this one relationship where their like experiences with romance as a concept are like diametrically opposed Mm -hmm. I can see how that would be really confusing for him to be like, could that have been there for him with Agatha if Agatha was a different girl? You know, could that have been there for him with someone else? Yeah. I feel like you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's, I feel like that's like a complexity of queerness that I feel like you don't necessarily see in like media which is a sort of very realistic, like, I think I'm still mostly straight, I think. Like, does that mean that I'm bi? Like, is it, like, situational? Because, I mean, at this point, right, Simon, you know, obviously not that, like, having other partners is a determining factor about, you know, how you suss out your sexuality. But, like, Simon is sort of compiling this sort of, I don't know, question mark, so I have to look at the evidence of my two partners. Right. You know? And just... Like, right, maybe with a, with another girl, it would be different. But, like, you know, would Simon actually pursue another girl for, like, a relationship, you know, either at the time or, like, I mean, obviously not now. He's in love with Bass. But I don't know. It's sort of a, like, when you feel ambivalent about your sexuality and, like, maybe not necessarily about deeply examining what that means. Like, I think that's, I think that, ha- I think that probably happens a lot, honestly. Yeah, totally. And I think, too, Agatha was definitely a relationship of convenience for Simon. And given his emotional state all through, you know, middle and high school, it makes sense that he maybe wasn't going to develop crushes on anyone, really, in a way that he could necessarily recognize because of 
what his life was, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, he can look back now and be like, oh, I'm pretty sure I had a crush on Baz, but that was so, you know, maybe he didn't recognize it because Baz was a boy, but also maybe it was because, like, Baz was supposed to be his sworn enemy, and that's confusing and, you know, hard to think your way through. Yeah. I can also see for Simon... I feel like maybe there is in Agatha and Simon's relationship, it was a lot leaned towards like the physical because like they could, it's like they're together. He's like the chosen one. Like she's just like, you know, beautiful, high status mage. I feel like it would make sense to me if they were both just like, well, the sex is good or fine. I think on Simon's end or maybe even on Agatha's end, but it's like, it still feels good in some capacity. So why not? Right. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, I understand why, why it probably feels important for Baz to at least hear Simon say, I'm, you know, not straight or whatever. But I also, again, I just really appreciate Simon not putting pressure on himself to like have a word because I do feel like, I'm open to falling in love with whoever I fall in love with is an incredibly valid sexuality to have. And I think a lot of people would be like, well, that's bisexual. And it's like, maybe, but also maybe that's, that doesn't feel like the right label for him. Right. And maybe none of these feel good. And I'm just going to go with like, whatever, you know? Yeah. Not straight. (laughs) Simon's sexuality is like the gonzo of sexualities. Like I'm a whatever. And it's like, yeah, good. Right? Like, let more people be just open to whatever happens and acknowledge that as a valid identity. Yeah. No, for sure. And especially in in this book, it doesn't... It doesn't take away from the, like, obvious love and attraction that Simon has to Baz, you know? Right. Right. He's like nothing I've experienced compares to you. Maybe that makes me gay or maybe it just makes me yours. (laughs) So romantic. I know. I know. It's like, Ugh. ugh. Welcome to face the truth where we talk about things that are fucked up. My first thing is ha 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 sob feeling like the garbage partner who can't do anything right with your hot normalish partner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad that Simon is doing some self-reflection here out of the sort of deep depression of the last book-ish. It hasn't gone away, but it's like a little bit less acute feeling here. I feel like it like sucks for him because he's having to do all of this now because he just spent so much time in crisis mode being a chosen one that there just wasn't room for like reflection or feelings or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate how good it seems like Baz is with this. Yeah. I like that Baz is simultaneously lighthearted and really supportive because I feel like that's exactly what Simon needs. And honestly, I feel like, it is a way that I would love to have people respond to me post like emotional meltdown. Um, I really love when 
you know, Simon's like, this is what happens every time we try to have sex. And Baz is like, no, you don't always cry. Sometimes you go glassy eyed and non responsive. <laughs> Sometimes you just disassociate. So. <laughs> right. And it's not like Baz is saying that's not a big deal. It's him being like, I'm not upset, Simon. Like, regardless of what kind of meltdown you have when we do this, like, it's not a big deal. Like, it's so much not a big deal that I'm comfortable making a joke about it. And it's like, oh, fuck, yes. Way, way to go, Baz. I know, I know. Yeah, I feel like Baz is being super supportive. And it's like, also at the same time, I feel a lot of empathy for Simon because it's like, it's okay that he needs time to be, to sort of ease into like physical and emotional intimacy when he has so much PTSD slash CPTSD. Um, Intimacy is scary when you have a lot of different brain weaselly things happening. I just wish he was kinder to himself. Like, Simon, you're not a robot. You have been used as a weapon since you were 11. It's okay that you would need time to be in this space. Yeah, and I think the fact that previously what would happen is that, you know, Simon would get up and Baz would leave because that was the vibe that he was getting, you know, was very much not helping where Simon was at in terms of how he's thinking about himself with this. And it seems like him staying and them talking and Baz being like, I I literally don't care. Like, we're going to get through this and it's not always going to be this way. And like, of course, I want to have sex with you, but like, it'll happen when when we're ready has seems like it's like pretty transformative for Simon because later when they're in the alley he says something to Baz and Baz is like fuck you snow and Simon says someday perhaps I've been told there's hope and it's like I know literally 12 minutes ago you would not have been able to make that joke Simon you know just having one conversation where Baz doesn't make him feel bad about it opens this whole door for him, you know? I know. It's it's a little frustrating because I'm I'm like, oh, if either of you had said something <laughs> half a book ago. <laughs> I know. <sighs> but this is good. This and, is progress. Yeah. As someone who is a no we're fucking talking about this person, like the the idea of them having been together for this long without talking about any of these things is mind-blowing to me. I'm like, what? How would that even work? Because I'm like, no, we like talk about it right now. Like, right now. Why would we not talk about this? It feels bad. And we're either going to resolve it or be like, this is a thing that feels bad and is unresolvable. And then we know something. And... The fact that this has been happening and it's just like, oh, Simon's embarrassed and gets up and Baz is like, well, Simon's embarrassed. I should give him space and leaves. I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) How? How could you do that? I think the actual leaving part is super mind boggling. I do know for myself as someone who am more of a like, I need to like calm down and process before we can talk about this like half of the time (laughs) where it's like, no, my brain is just like... It's it's too hot. It's like when your computer overheats. It's like that's that's where mm-hmm. it is. I like I need to be able to calm down to talk about this thing. But I've literally never left my home 
and like right. not resolve it. Like, I'm gonna sit in this room for like 20 minutes. We're gonna come back when I've am able to talk about it. Yeah, that's still that still counts as talk about it now. Yeah. But yeah, just physically leave. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it seems like never talking about it. They're just like, maybe it won't happen next time. And then it does happen next time. And they're like, well, maybe it won't happen next time. <laughs> and they never talk about it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, taking space to like have a breather and get your shit together before you talk about it, even if it's like the next day, but you decide that you're going to talk about it the next day. That's still what I mean. That still qualifies as talk about it now, you know? You know, I also, I wonder, this just occurred to me that what we're talking about also puts the conversation about Simon and Agatha's sex life into perspective where I bet that it, it seems like it wasn't emotionally challenging for Simon to have sex with Agatha, you know? And on top of all of his other processing and dealing with this, like, decade of trauma, I guess that would probably be part of it, too. As a, like, why isn't this easy like was it was? he was in it while they were together, you know? He's, he's in the state where it's, like, like, none of the feelings about what's happening in this situation can enter my brain because I have to get through the situation. Mm-hmm. Whereas now he's had a year of safety to become as fucked up as that situation made him. That's like, true. Nothing makes you as fucked up as being safe after having not been safe for a really long time. No, that is true. He has space to be fucked up. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Though I don't disagree that I'm sure the level of emotional connection with Baz is like a million times more than it was with Agatha, even if just because Simon has access to emotions now that I'm sure he had to shut off to get through. Yeah, because it definitely it definitely would feel like the pressure of being like, well, I love Baz and Baz is so hot, but I can't get past this emotional weight. It would also suck because it's just like, what? why can't I get through this? Like, it should be right. easy. And then you get in your head about it. And you're like thinking about thinking about it and it just like spirals Ugh. and gets worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't have, I like don't have anything else in this section. Me either. Cool. All right. Welcome to Caught in a Landslide, where we rant about stuff. Uh, I just have one thing where I think that Simon is correct and that Baz could keep, maybe not like the albino, red eye, white lab rat kind of rats, but guinea pigs rabbits something that's not rats that eat garbage (laughs) off of the street yeah i agree i was also like they sell feeder animals for your snake at pet stores that are alive and cheap because they're bred to be fed to your pet snake i was like baz you have money like go buy a rabbit right (laughs) and then i'm like maybe it would be harder if it's like an animal that he sees for like two days and it's just like, oh, I got to eat you. Yeah, but I don't know. A feeder rabbit is a rabbit that's going to either get eaten by Baz or eaten by someone's pet boa constrictor you know, or like ball python. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he yeah, he really could just get a large enough enclosure in his room and get two rabbits. And well, I don't know. I don't think Baz needs to be like breeding rabbits he could just go to the pet store like every other day 
That's true. And he's in London. You could go to a different pet store and no one would even know. Yeah, or just be like, I have many rats or many snakes and nowhere to keep these rabbits. So whatever, you know, also like the stoned teenager that works at the Petco does not care. Not as not a single fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't don't know. It feels maybe a little bit like part of Baz's self-hate about being a vampire Mm. where it's like, oh, I got to be in the alley with the rest of the dirty things. And it's like, oh, my dude, you do not. Yeah. Have to yeah, there are so many other options you could be doing. Yeah. I think that's a really good observation. I don't know. Maybe in the future Simon can convince him, well, of just biting him, which would solve everyone's problems, but Yeah. Or they'll move to the country. Or they'll move to the country. Like they talked about. That was really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what I had here was really my joy about the like cuteness of the way they communicate but I've talked about almost all of the things that I had down here so I'll just say the one that I have left which was when they're talking about Simon's sexuality and he's like I'm with you and you're a and Baz is like man and Simon's like I was gonna say boy and Baz says I'm 20 years old I could go to war and (laughs) Simon's response is I'd rather you didn't (laughs) this is so cute (laughs) yeah their back and forth banter is so good it's really just so good it's kind of the first time that I understand what they get out of their relationship honestly and like oh you can do this this exists here because we've never seen them just comfortably talk to each other before and it's really nice to see that when they do it's fun you know they're having such a good time they're having such a good date i'm like yeah who doesn't love a date that's also an activity i mean exactly (laughs) (laughs) so Welcome to Send Shivers Down My Spine, where we talk about sexy stuff. Once again, how much more direct does Simon need to get? Because it's like, LOL Baz, I want you to drink my blood because I have a danger kink. And I also think it'd be really hot for the both of us, which I agree with. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I hope that they get some books about how to make a vampire in this world so they can avoid that. Because Simon would love nothing more, I think. Agreed. Yeah. And Shepard fully told them, and I think Lamb fully told them in the last book that as long as Simon doesn't drink Baz's blood, they're good. Something you could easily not do. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) They'll get there. I hope they will. Yeah. Because like Simon's been hot for this since book one. Like, let's do (laughs) real. So, and like, again, I feel like Baz is just has too much self-hate about the vampire stuff to like entertain the idea of biting Simon, but I think it'd be hot for him too. So. Yeah. I mean, Simon is seemingly turned on by watching Baz eat a rat. I'm he, like, he is very he interested it so in So bad for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Cute. I feel like that's kind of like part of the sexiness of vampires is that they have like these like giant predator fangs. They, when they want to bite you, it's like, Okay, like, that sounds cool. (laughs) Yeah, and it's supposed to feel pretty good, so. There you go. Welcome to Is This Just Fantasy, where we talk about magic and science and magical science and research that we did. I just have one thing, shockingly, which is 
If Baz wasn't already rich, he could make a killing, lol, exterminating vermin in <laughs> in places. Many cities, especially a big city like London, I'm sure there's like a bajillion rats. I feel like there's been new stuff recently about how somewhere one New York borough tried to like control their rat problem by like leaving traps that have like rat birth control in it and it didn't work. <laughs> and it's just like New York is losing the war on rats. And I'm like, yes, sorry. I don't know. Yeah. Someone import some owls. I don't know. But this TikToker that I love so much was doing like rat and PR oh my TikToks <laughs> where they were talking about the quote unquote war on rats. They're so funny. I'm, I'll put them in the show notes, listeners, and I'm going to send them to you, Jesse, when we get off this. Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of urban areas losing that war on rats because they are very adaptable and they breed very quickly. Yeah, I'm just like, Baz, you could really be. I mean, I don't know if the other vampires would be into this, but like an, an entrepreneur vampire could just have a, an all vampire vermin exterminator company. <laughs> and you could really just be raking it in. Yeah. Um, okay, so I feel like I don't think that we've talked about this with exact numbers before. And I'm sorry if you have actually brought these like brought exact numbers for this and I've just forgotten. But I was like, I need to know how much blood is in six rats. And I feel like we've talked vaguely about how much blood might be in animals, but I found some science. Yeah, I think we did horses and deer. I don't think I've, I don't think I've done rats, which is honestly weird. <laughs> okay, so yes. Here's where I will start is that there is 100 times more blood in a deer than there is in six rats. That makes sense to me. So if Baz can drain a deer, he cannot subsist on six rats a day. It's 4.2 ounces of blood in six rats. Wow, that's like not even a full cup. Right. It's like one half of the glass of orange juice you get at a restaurant when you order with your breakfast. This is why Baz is so gray and washed out. It's like you are chronically just like you're starving yourself in vampire terms, essentially. Yeah. Um, and also just for good measure, I was like, how much blood did he get when he ate nine cats? 90 ounces. There's roughly 10 ounces of blood per cat. Weird. So, yeah. Yeah. I found that because they use rats for, you know, scientific research a lot, there are like guidelines for how much blood you can take from a rat safely. And like, you can take this much if you're just doing a blood draw and this much if you're like adding water via IV at the same time and this much if you knock the rat out and then like give it water to recover. (laughs) So the average 300 gram rat has... 120 milli no that's in six rats whatever 4.2 divided by six that much blood in a whole rat. where are you drawing blood from like like i imagine the veins on a rat pretty small i'm sure but you know i'm sure they're very good at it i'm sure someone who works in science where they have rats is going to email us and please do i'm deeply curious yeah blood facts for everyone i can't believe we forgot the most obvious one which is english cuisine blood pudding, blood sausage, you can probably buy blood in a grocery store more readily than you could in the U.S. So, yes, and I was wondering about that because Baz says I can't let it get cold. And is that a preference thing or a, 
you know, he it's the life force more than the blood that he needs, like a magical science thing. I guess that makes sense. Um, yeah. And I mean, reheating blood does sound disgusting, honestly. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe a bit of both. I'm sure that if Baz could get by by just like eating enough blood pudding. Um, oh, I just meant like would, buying it from so. the store and like heating it up in the microwave or in a saucepan. But yeah, maybe that's just not alive enough to work. Yeah, probably. Probably. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Escape from Reality. Next time we will be reading chapters 20 and 21. Um, until then, don't forget to check the show notes for all the things and to grab your tickets to our Rocky Horror live show. And until next time. Scatamoosh! Scatamoosh.